Sometimes Dead is Better, and it's me, Kristen. And me, Chris. And we are a podcast, right? We are. And we're two friends who do a deep dive into a movie, and then I usually tie a true crime to it, but this one's a little different because this is another one of the episodes where we just went to the movie. Right. So I didn't think of a true crime. I thought I was kind of had an idea. Does it not work? I don't know. This movie's kind of all over the place. We have a lot to talk about, so maybe we'll just get into it, and then we'll see. So um, we're excited to um, be doing Midsummer. So this is the follow-up to Hereditary. Um, If you've listened to the podcast, you know we're big Hereditary fans. (laughs) Um, We probably work it into every episode. So we're excited to see this movie, and um, so we just saw it. uh, We left theater not even an hour ago, maybe? Yeah, we've had some snacks, and now we're ready to go. Yeah, we've had some snacks. I mean, to me, it did not disappoint, but I don't really know what exactly you think. But We'll get to it. Okay. First, let's just talk real quick about what else we've been watching. All right. Do you want to go first? I think I feel like I usually go first. Okay. Yeah. Well, I started season two of, this is more for the true crime fans, I guess, season two of the confession tapes. Did you ever watch that? No. It's very frustrating. It's a roller coaster each episode because, I mean, it's a there's a crime that happens People are arrested, and then someone confesses, but you never know if it was because they were pushed by the police, or if they did it or they didn't do it, and then every episode is kind of like that. Is it on Netflix? Yes. Okay. The first season was wonderful. Is it a, like a documentary thing? It or? is documentary. Okay. Each episode is a different story. Okay. So it's not like actors. No. Okay. No. And then they have like, you know, talking heads and stuff about it. I mean, if a few of them, like the crimes do get solved, but the majority of them, you don't, you're like, you're just left with, did they do it? Didn't they do it? Are they in jail? And they shouldn't be. Are they out of jail? And they should be. But I still, I really enjoy it. So any true crime fans, I definitely recommend it. Okay. Well, I don't have anything remotely true, but I've been watching uh, on Amazon Prime the Good Omens show. Oh yeah, have you? That? yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, me and Melissa have been watching that. Uh, it's really good. It's a uh, I know um, I know of the book, and I know it's a huge cult classic. You know, this guy I used to work with was obsessed with it. We'd always talk about it. I've never read it, but um, I can see if it's anything like the book. How that is that happen. Neil Gaiman? Too? It's Neil Gaiman. Okay. Yeah, and Terry Pratchett. They wrote it together. Okay. Um, so if it seems like the book, I can kind of see why it's, it's a very, uh, it has a great premise, you know, it's basically, uh, the story of, uh, an angel and a demon that are kind of friends in a way ever since the beginning of time, like Adam and Eve. And now it's, uh, the apocalypse and they're kind of working together to kind of prevent it because neither of them necessarily wants it to happen. Oh, okay. And so well, it's David Tennant mm-hmm. and Martin, no, not Martin Sheen, not Charlie Sheen, the British guy. Yeah, I know. What's his name? He was married to Kate Beckinsale. Really? Yeah. Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen. Yes. And and Francis McDormand uh, plays the voice of God. Oh, um, okay. And it's just a really clever, 
cute show. It's, you know, they're both wonderful in it. I love David Tennant yeah. so much. Well, you'll love this because he's just kind of awesome. Ugh. And uh, Martin Sheen is just adorable in it. Mm-hmm. He's sort of a prissy kind of angel type and wants everything to go right. Um, so I've watched most of it. I think I, think I just have one or two left. I, well, yeah, that sounds great. I The commercials looked great. Yeah. I well, thought maybe it'd be too high concept. You know, sometimes that's kind of not a good deal. But it's just a good show. Like so, American Gods. Yeah, which I haven't seen, but I, I've heard that kind of critique of it. So uh, what are we drinking today? Well, in honor of our movie, we found a Swedish hard cider. Record. You said it so good. I did, yeah. Recorderlig. Recorderlig. That's probably not how it's pronounced. Recorder. Recorderlig. Premium Swedish hard cider, passion fruit. Yeah, they had a couple of a few flavors, but I thought this one looked most midsummery with yeah. the purple. Oh, it does, yeah. But uh, we were pleasantly surprised. No, no, both, I'm down in these things. Yeah, we both liked it. <laughs> yeah, we have a a nice glass. We have a lime in them and ice per the recommendation. Yeah, that's what it said to do on the can, so we did. And then after this, I am going to. Dress you up like a bear and light you on fire. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yes. Oh, well, I mean, I don't think we need to preface this, but I guess we should say spoilers. Yeah, huge spoiler. Don't listen to this if you haven't watched Midsummer yet. Everybody else was going to go see Toy Story 4 and Spider-Man. Yeah, which I'm not doubting that. But... No, it's I w- want to see both those very bad. Yeah. But it was just interesting to walk out to a bunch of happy, skipping people. I did watch Toy Story 3 the other day for the first time since, uh, I guess, it came out, and I I did find myself weeping. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's the saddest movie. Oh. I mean, most of the Pixar movies make me cry. At least I watched Inside Out yesterday, which is one of my favorites, and I cry about three different times in that movie. Did she like it? Oh, yeah. She's seen them. Oh, she's seen them Yeah, she's seen them. I think she just likes watching Inside Out and Moana because they make me cry, and I think she thinks it's funny. Yeah. I haven't seen Moana. Oh, my gosh. So good. All right. So how does this movie start out? Well, it starts out um, kind of the same vein as Hereditary. Kind of a family, or I guess what you think is going to be kind of like a family drama almost. Which uh-huh. I know that director likes to tell Hereditary is a family drama first and a horror movie second. But it's like, please. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we are introduced to Danny, who uh, is the main you know character, uh, who looks to be in her early 20s, I suppose. Yeah, everybody seems to be, well, they seem to be in their... Oh, like post, they're college students. Yeah. Or the grad students, I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, they're grad students. Okay. So, um, they're still pretty young. Yeah, so she's taken, I guess, time off. Uh, and so, she is on the phone with her boyfriend, Christian, who seems to be on the verge of breaking up with her the whole movie. Right. <laughs> she's worried about her sister, who's been who just sent her an ominous text. Turns out she was, you know, right to be worried because she killed herself and her parents. That was terrifying, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, that was pretty scary. A great um, shot that when the camera kind of goes into the garage and you see the carbon monoxide oh, yeah. kind of set up with the lights flashing. Yeah. And then to my memory, it looked. I feel like the camera panned all the way through the house into the parents' bedroom and you're like, oh my God. Yes. And, and I was then, wondering, so when she placed that phone call in the beginning to them, were they already dead in bed? You, you know, the, I think so. I, I was wondering that too. I, I thought I saw them breathing, oh. but maybe they were passed out. You know, maybe it was they were. She was calling them right at the point when they were dying or something. Ugh, so tough. Yeah, that was a tough scene. Going all the way to the girl, and she had t- duct taped it to her face. Yeah, I mean, she was really committed to that suicide. She you know? was. So there's that's not a false alarm or a cry for help. No. 
that's the beginning. So we have a, you know, kind of like hereditary, you know, family death. Although hereditary is you know, a little bit different. <laughs> well, yeah, and this was right away. This was uh, within the first 10 minutes or so. Right. So I, did, I really liked the uh, phone call between her and Christian. It definitely, like all of their conversations seemed just a little too real. Like you've had that conversation with a bad boyfriend or, or a well, bad friend. Yeah, and also the conversation between Christian and his friends, sort of, you know, she's kind of like the outsider girlfriend type, and uh, they kind of established that very early on, that she's kind of the, the outcast, just by virtue of being the girlfriend, like the girlfriend that they have yeah. to put up with. I never got that feeling. I always felt like she was constantly apologizing. Do you notice how many times she said sorry in the movie? I guess I did. She said yeah. it all the really? time, yeah. which is something that women are told to do. They yeah. always have to say sorry. It just seemed like every single time, even whenever he was mean to her, she would say, no, I guess I'm sorry. Oh, I did. I did notice that. But I thought she was being kind of like, I mean, manipulative almost like. Uh, I don't think so. I don't know. That's how I felt just because. That conversation was very real, like very passive aggressive yes. sort of, you know, and it's kind of seen from at that point, I think from like the male kind of point of view, from from Christian's point of view. Right. Or at some point, I think it flips, I guess, really, when she... But I, I also... I To me, it shows, like, what a wussy he is. He didn't have the guts to just talk to her about it. He was kind of just hoping that she wouldn't even notice that he went to Sweden. Right, right. Um, and so that's what... That's how he kind of was. He was just passive through the whole movie. And yeah. so I just... I saw it more from her side. Yeah, I, I mean, I did too. But I, I think that you're... I think one of the ideas is you're supposed to kind of... Because they have those scenes where it's just him and his friends sort of talking about her. And, you know, I've, I've been in but those. But what, what does she do? Call? I mean, because, like, when she's there, she's perfectly pleasant. Yeah, but you know, like, men are terrible. Like, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, and they're, they're a gang, and she's just like, you know, you know, you get the impression they've probably been friends a long time. And she's maybe, you know, I guess they've said they've, she's been, they've been dating for four years. So maybe she's not really this new thing. But I think that's the idea. She's like, just this, uh, this thing they have to put up with. Right. None of the other guys have girlfriends. It doesn't or, seem like it, yeah. Yeah. And so our, the little group, again, is Christian, his friend Chidi. <laughs> Chidi from The Good Place, whose name is Josh. 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 William Jackson Harper. Because I, I liked when the uh, Swedish people said his name, they said Josh. Yeah, yeah, I caught that, yeah. Um, and then their Swedish friend Pele and their other friend Mark. Mark, yeah. Who was much, he was the comic relief type character a bit. Yeah, Will Poulter. From what's that movie? Road Trip now. Oh, with, with Jason today. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. Meet, meet the parents. Meet the Millers no. or something. <laughs> <laughs> Just naming movies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was definitely the comic relief, but he was also maybe the most unlikable. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. That's why they probably gave him a vape pen. You know, there's so many guys out there just sucking on vape pens it yeah. just it's not attractive to me we just lost all those listeners i know i'm so sorry but um also mark you know will poulter he's the most hostile towards danny oh yeah kind of from the get-go yeah. way before they uh i mean yosh he kind of ignores her yeah and then he's kind of just neutral about it yeah he's, and then pele actually talks to her yeah well he he seems to that's interesting because now that we know what happens in the movie you know, what are his intentions exactly? Right. So at the beginning, I was assuming that he wanted her to come because she was going to be a good sacrifice or something. But mm. maybe maybe he was because I guess maybe at that point he didn't know. He knew he was bringing these people. He knew they needed nine sacrifices. So maybe he thought he'd bring five. Maybe he liked her all along. I don't know. Yeah. And so they all set off to, yeah, they're to going Sweden. To Sweden. And that, that too, I think another 
scene that showed what a wussy Christian was is that he couldn't even tell his friends, hey, look, I'm going to invite her. Right. He put that on her. I hate him so much. Do you really? Yes. I just, I've had lazy boyfriends like that. All right. So they all go to Sweden together. Yeah, that, so was, that was a great Ari Aster scene when she goes into the bathroom and it, it's a scene from above and then it cuts to her being on the plane. Right. Yeah. There's also a lot of those, uh, not a lot, but a few of those same sort of kind of time shifting cuts from Hereditary where it's like a cut from night to day or vice versa. Yeah, so um, the four guys are going to Sweden to work on their, or at least one of them's thesis. Right. And, of course, one of them is actually from Sweden, so they're kind of... They're going to his family's commune. Right. And, and so the um, Josh, who seems to be the most academic of all of them, is interested in, in these midsummer festivals or festivities or traditions. So he's planning on going to a few different countries right? Um, to study this for his thesis. And Danny, who has been invited finally, is really going, I guess, more to just sort of escape her kind of general situation to kind of get away. And also, it's her boyfriend, so why not? Yeah, why not? Uh, going for a month and a half? Yeah, that's pretty intense. That's a long time. Yeah, that's yeah. a lot of time that I come in. <laughs> I know. Yeah. That'd get tired. That'd get old about the third day. Oh, yeah, third hour. Okay. <laughs> no darkness either. Very little darkness. Yeah. So there's they get to Sweden. There's a lot of beautiful shots of you know them driving. Um, there's that interesting shot where the camera turns upside, or I guess the road turns upside down, and it looks like the river is almost like uh, the sky. It's very confusing. Yes, that was actually too much of that would have. Um, I was getting nauseous. Yes, because <laughs> I have really bad motion sickness. So it says a lot of this was filmed in Hungary, actually, hmm. not in. Sweden. You sound so sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I was hoping that's what it looked like. And so when they get there, they they just kind of pull into a field. Yeah. And like, this is where everybody hangs out. Yeah. Let's they, take some mushrooms. Well, he said something strange, like this is the first stop, and it, you know, and I think Mark or somebody says, "What? What?" Because <laughs> yeah. it's you know, it's just a field. But um, so yeah, they they get out and uh, they meet uh, Pele's. Is it his brother? Yeah. Pretty quickly offered uh, mushrooms. So then here we have another kind of great moment that sort of illustrates all their relationships where, you know, she doesn't actually want to do mushrooms, you know, right there and then when she, you know, just landed and, you know, right. you know that kind of makes sense. Kind of wants to, yeah. I think she actually says, I want to get my bearings. And also, I don't know these people and yeah, maybe just don't throw drugs down my uh, throat. Oh, yeah. I think his brother's name um, is Ingmar. Remember? Because oh, right. she tried yeah. pronouncing it yeah. a couple times, Ingmar. And, uh, yeah, I can't imagine doing mushrooms period let alone after you've flown for god knows how many hours and you're in the middle of a field with people you've just met right um and then as soon as she says that it seems everyone except for kind of christian everyone kind of turns to get like oh now like right kind of get like a this again feeling right. uh, she's you know, so unreasonable you know why is she here you know and, and you know of course uh mark is the most kind of hostile and but, but that was a funny scene when they were all high and the new person walks in, and they go, no, 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 no new people. <laughs> right. Which I feel like that all the time. <laughs> Will Poulter was great in that scene. And uh, the shot where the, um, you know, she's obviously getting quite high, and the shot where the grass is growing out of her hands, that yeah. made my stomach crawl a little bit. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, there's nothing particularly scary about that. But I don't know, it just made you me... didn't like the idea I of it? I don't like it, yeah. yeah. It just makes me itchy even thinking about it. <laughs> uh, so she kind of freaks out, you know, yeah. pretty... 
uh, quickly. Yes. <laughs> um, she starts running through the field and screaming at people and... Then passes out somewhere. Yeah. Well, she kind of, she goes in like a shack or something. Right. But then something weird happens there, I guess. Oh, I think she kind of just has like a flashback of her, her dead family. Right. Never uh, want that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Good God. Uh, and then she, I guess, just falls asleep. Yeah. Um, and that's, and so that's when they're confused about the time. Right. Because it doesn't really get dark there. Yeah. So it was nine o'clock-ish. So she slept, she finally fell asleep and... Then they woke her up six hours later, so yeah, there so wasn't much sleep. No. And then so they're finally taken to the the main, uh, the main camp. Camp. <laughs> which um, so they arrive. There's uh, it's very pretty for sure. Um, there's, you know, the staging in the movie is incredible. With the um, so, I mean, it's kind of there's not a lot around, but there's you know the sort of. But yeah, so when they come in, like each building is different, differently shaped, different materials. It's very weird, right? Yeah, I and mean, then very earthy. It feels like it almost all of it almost grew out of the ground or something. Mm, that's interesting. And then they have the one bright yellow pyramid that looks kind of like a birdhouse. If you say so. <laughs> out there. Um, what are all the tarps? I thought that they were all the bodies. The tarps? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I noticed that. Is it crops? It could be, yeah. Okay. You know, where the rain. I don't, I don't know. I, I thought it was something else each time I saw it. I couldn't okay. quite figure it out. But so, yeah, they're, they get to the main camp and they're greeted by, you know, I don't know, 60 or 70 people in kind of uh, white robes. They're not yeah, really robes. everybody's happy. Well, some people are wearing robes or dresses. Some people are wearing pantsuits. Yeah, lots of flowery engravings or mm. pagan engravings. Mm. Uh, what's that band? The, the Psychedelic Spree? What's that called? The, you know, with the, the, oh, right, right. Oh, oh. The Polyphonic Spree? Yeah, something like that. I forgot about them. They basically are it's it's basically them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And they're even singing. Uh, they're dancing around and having a great time. So the the four guys have a very uh, American reaction to you know the whole thing. They're sort of respectful, but you know they're obviously kind of in their own heads and sort of to each other making fun of things a little bit. Although maybe they should. It's, it's pretty silly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you kind of get this sense that at least one or two of them are going to be that kind of quote ugly Americans in the middle of this sort of right you know, situation. Uh, and that's obviously ends up being mostly Mark, I guess. Um, and Danny, I guess, doesn't quite know what to think about it. Yeah, I guess, I guess they're all kind of taking it in. Now, one thing about, okay, so the actor who plays Christian, every time I, I saw him, he looked different. Like, he I, looks a I lot like, that, a, like a kind of a Chris Pratt type. But like from the side, he looked like, like Seth Rogen or something. Oh, really? And then from the front, he looked I like Prince that. Charming. It's <laughs> like I could not figure out what he looked like. I couldn't pick him out of a lineup right now, if you asked me. I thought he was very handsome. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I thought he dressed like Jack on Lost. You know, the, the blue t-shirt oh, yeah. and the jeans. Yeah. yeah, watch. His brother has brought two friends. Yeah. They are from London. They are very cute. Yeah, Simon and I think Connie. All right. So then they kind of get acclimated. They show them their strange living quarters with the drawing all over the walls, which is yeah. really beautiful, but it, it was crazy. It seems like they don't notice the more ominous... You know, drawings. You know, like there. You know, at some point we're shown drawings of what looks like female genital mutilation. Right. No one really comments on that. I mean, it's the idea that I guess. It, I guess later you show that it's the pubic hair, because that's what he. The picture is showing she cut off her pubic hair and oh, she cooked it and gave it to him. Is? And then she fell in love. Oh, okay. I, was I know. That. At first, I thought, oh my god, I cannot. I think that's watch. the one time in the theater I said, oh my god. It was I just, cannot it watch was someone just... cut their labia off. Please yeah. no. Yeah, so that's now that is. Okay, well, I'm glad you said that. But then, I mean, Mark does say, like, look at all the dicks. There's so many dicks. <laughs> and that's probably what they focus on, yeah, you know? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't actually hear that part. Oh, yeah. 
Um, so yeah, so all sixty or seventy people sleep in the same room, which uh, to me that's kind of well. They had three different levels. Levels, yeah. yeah. Still, that sounds like a nightmare to me. <laughs> I know. And there's a, there's so a, the baby is crying the whole yeah, time, the and whole nobody night. comments on it. So so far, everybody seems pretty, you know, kosher with their thing. I mean, we know that obviously it's a horror movie, so. Um, and it's definitely strange, but nothing terribly strange has happened yet. They do see the yellow building, and they're told that you know no one, no one goes in there. Right. So that's something. And that, I think when they say that, that's when the camera pans across the you know, hieroglyphics, whatever you call them, and, and you see the. Which I guess now it's not as scary, but what I thought was the female mutilation scene. And you're, that's what I did too. I thought that too until the the pubic hair scene. But yes, yeah, so there's a lot of symbols in this too. Just like in Hereditary, you there were symbols all throughout yeah and they're doing the same thing well i wonder what his why he's drawn to that i don't know but i mean he seems uh, i don't know if he's creating all this stuff like if this all is actually found like some of those drawings may be real pagan drawings from or in like a lot of the runes that they find well yeah but even if they are real like why does he use them so much in his in his movies i wonder he definitely has a fascination with it yeah that's really cool but so then they all have a meal together they all sit at one giant table it does seem nice at first like you but like you said the two days of that yeah now nice. it's time to move on to yeah, germany and, yeah and as i was looking at, i was trying to figure out whether at first thought are they like fake eating because you can't really see what's in their bowls and you have this shot from above so i thought oh like the people are all fake eating yeah so i thought is this like hook like where they're all like pretending to eat like the food <laughs> like they're all in their own and, heads and i thought that was gonna be like the thing but then it showed it you know it's just some sort of vegetable thing that didn't look very good they're asking, you know, the, um, the Swedish guy, you know, Pele, Pele about the life cycle, I guess. Oh, right. And, and he just he says it right out, and I think he's kidding. Yeah. But. So he talks about, you know, there's spring, summer, fall, and winter, and uh, I, I forget what the, I guess spring is when you're a kid, and then I'm getting all this wrong, I'm sure, but there's also like an 18 to 34 group, and that's when you're sort of a young adult, I suppose. And then there's a 34 to 56 group where they just they leave for a while, they they leave the commune. And then oh. they come back when they're older, and until they're seventy-two, he says. And they ask, well, "What happens when you're seventy-two? And he just makes like a, you know, a gesture, you know, the slit yeah. your throat gesture. And they laugh and laugh. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, but so then in the next day, I guess when they the two old people come out, I guess in most cultures you would assume, oh, they must be like the elders. They must yeah. be. They must run the the commune. Um, I, I will say I did have that, you know, I mean, I guess, did you know what was going to happen? Not exactly, but I had an idea yeah. just from the trailers and stuff. Yeah. Well, I think I actually had that oh, after 72, you die in my head already. Mm. So I kind of thought that was maybe what was going to happen. And, um, but then even that the whole, like they have to wait till they pick up their fork. They have to wait till they eat. That was all very creepy. Cause then you, the, the shots from above would show everybody start to pick up their silverware you know yeah and to go down the row like a like the wave at a baseball game but very creepy yeah also very frustrating as an eater yeah, yeah. <laughs> um uh, but yeah so they're introduced in these sort of blue robes which are different than the white robes and right. these big chairs and they're uh taken up to a like a cliff right yeah with some other runes up there and there's this pretty you know, I don't know what's on those runes. I'm sure it's suggestive of something, but there's that pretty creepy scene where the woman like wipes her blood on the runes. Uh-huh. And, you know, she, they both had their uh, palms slid, you know, to draw blood. So 
And then they um, stand at the edge, you know, one at, one after another on this very tall club. And they jump. Yeah. And I, I mean, I knew they were going to jump, like, intellectually. And, but I still kind of thought in the back of my head, well, this is going to be crazy. Like, I, I didn't know how he was going to do it. Oh. And had a, I mean, I didn't expect it to be just a, a full... I mean, there's no, there seems, there seems to be no trickery to it. There's no cuts. You just see her, her fall and and then she hits the ground and it's one unbroken camera move, right? Yeah, both of them. So, and I know, I mean, obviously those are, I guess, fake bodies or something right. or maybe a CGI, but it's, it's pretty shocking. It is, especially the second one because he jumps feet first. Well, the first one, when she or when her head comes up and her skin has come off. Yes. Oh my God, that was. Did the guy behind you say, I hope he's, I hope she's okay? <laughs> Yeah, that was wonderful. <laughs> um, so they're all watching this, and um, you kind of wonder what they think was going to happen. I guess not that. I think they maybe they thought I was just going to be like the Lion King, you know, where they're just like, <laughs> these are old people. Uh, did I tell you about that? Adam didn't want to go see the new Lion King, and I asked him why. And he said, well, I just don't want to see the bad guy. I thought, oh, like the bad guy lion? He said, no, the bad guy, the monkey. You know, like the monkey's going to throw the baby over the cliff. (laughs) You thought that? Yes. I said, no, the monkey's a good guy. He was just holding it up for everybody to see. He didn't believe me, I don't think. (laughs) That's pretty funny. Uh, But yeah, it's uh, pretty brutal. I can't imagine. I couldn't even imagine seeing that, like, like, I think we talked about the Faces of Death videos before, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, even if you saw that, like, on the news, that would be, that would just, that would fuck your life up, I would think. That would fuck you up on some level, let alone seeing it happen right in front of you. Yeah. I mean, I, I do, I mean, like how they sort of try and rationalize it. It's like, well, you know, it's, it's their choice. And it's not like anyone really pushed them or anything or... I guess you could say maybe they're brainwashed or they're all Well, yeah, because they started it from when they were babies. Yeah. And they just said, this is what happens. But I, I, I kind of, because I was thinking like, okay, well, how are they going to even stick around after this? But, I mean, I think even uh, Danny sort of was able to sort of kind of rationalize it within the larger kind of context of this Well, right. I guess you community, could, you know? there was no violence that was caused to somebody that did do it themselves. You're right. Right. Um, they did try to rationalize it by saying like, no, 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 it's cool. Yeah. It's cool. And, but. Uh, and Sheedy, Josh, actually oh, knew. Oh, he loves it. Oh, yeah, he knew. He apparently yeah. knew, yeah, because uh, the night before, but Pele tells him, oh, tomorrow we're going to have a Ugranaut or whatever it's called. <laughs> and he says, oh, that? And he says, an actual? And he goes, yes, it's pretty actual. That's kind of funny in retrospect. <laughs> yeah, he didn't even tell them or warn them. He let Danny watch. I mean, maybe he really didn't know if it was actually going to happen. I think maybe. Yeah. I guess really also in the tradition, maybe they could just slit their wrists or something. They maybe oh don't, gosh. don't have to jump off a cliff. Still pretty disturbing. Yeah. I wonder, do you think she was like, I'm going to aim for that rock? Because <laughs> <laughs> she died instantly. She did. Whereas yeah. he was thinking, well, I'll just, just try and land on my feet. And, oh, I know. What are you thinking? Maybe uh, he, maybe he should have. Yeah. He was too old to live. <laughs> <laughs> you think he can just do like a belly flop? <gasps> oh my gosh. No. <laughs> That's what she, she kind of did. Um, but yeah, so that was just... Although, um, and so there's that scene where the, the second guy, you know, falls, doesn't... He lands on his feet, which... And completely mutilates his leg. It just shatters oh my it. God. And so there's the helpful guy with the giant mallet. <laughs> <laughs> and that was pretty wacky when he... I mean, he 
just demolishes the guy's head. And then Ari Oster's like, I'm just going to keep rolling. Right. Let's <laughs> let everyone have a whack. Yeah. And and the second and third time, I did kind of laugh because it was so clearly a fake head. But maybe that's what it, maybe if you saw a head like that, it would just look fake because you can't process Probably. it. I, I hated the last hit because it kind of, you could just tell it just hit the bones. You know, it just, it didn't. Oh. It kind of just hit. It was disgusting. Sorry. I noticed that they cut to close-up of old man's demolished head, you know, after they moved them. And Melissa said at the exact same point, Chris, can I have some more popcorn? I know. <laughs> <laughs> that cracked me up. Yeah, because I, I was done with the popcorn at that point. <laughs> but then, like, after that, it's, I mean, about another 30 minutes or so, maybe longer without any real... Violence. Yeah, it's mostly just sort of suggestive kind of. Well, so not, Connie and her boyfriend are out. They're yeah, they're the fuck out. Yeah. yeah, but that doesn't work out so well. Well, does does her boyfriend try to keep her there? Forget her. Are they? They're both pretty freaked out, aren't they? Yes, I think like, they're both. They both want to go, and so we don't know exactly what happens to her boyfriend, but he doesn't go. No. Doesn't and then we don't know what happened to her either, but we know that yeah. she ended up staying too yeah we definitely hear a scream right danny and mark both thought they heard something and that was her screaming that was oh i forgot about that that was really scary but meanwhile at the same time so that's two people missing from the group which they seem well you know danny is pretty concerned about it but most of them seem pretty you know chill like i mean where do they think they went well yeah then the creepy guy sitting next to her says like oh i can answer that question yeah i took him and then i took her (laughs) Yeah, and everyone's like, just like, okay, yeah, and they I just let it go. Yeah, yeah. And then they're all having another strange dinner when the girl that's kind of been like making eyes at Mark comes over and asks him to come with her. What does he say? Like, do you want to see or something? Something. She, yeah, and she she says, "I'll show you." Yeah, and then she and then he says something like, "She's gonna show me," and he goes off with her, thinking that he's gonna get lucky. Right, and. uh He's not seen the rest of the movie. <laughs> well, his faces, right? His uh, what? His, your his skin face? I don't know. What you're... Yeah. So do you think they did that because he peed on the tree? Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. So yeah. He pees on the tree of ancestors or whatever it is. <laughs> well, they were like right there putting the ashes that burned from the people who jumped. Yeah. Onto the tree. But so so. he didn't see all that. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. And you kind of get this idea that he's just in his own world, like not not really notice anything except for maybe. The girls or something. Right, right. He's a weird character. He kind of walks around weird, too. Yeah, yeah. Kind of hops around. So then Mark's gone, and they're just like, guess he's out fucking that girl. Yeah, Um, like a day later. Right. But at the same time, you know, Chidi is investigating this book he's kind of fascinated with. Um, There's a book that keeps their, I guess, oral traditions, and um, it's like their Bible or their gospel, basically. And he wants to take pictures of it. He wants to study it. There's like, no, like, you certainly can't take photos of it. So he sneaks into that creepy barn. Oh, well, right. But first, before they point out the the disabled boy, mm-hmm. and it's they kind of just come right out and say, oh, sometimes we um, have incest to make another mentally challenged person. That's pretty awful. Yeah. Well, they call him unclouded. Right. Someone that's unclouded by, I guess, you know, logic and that type of thing. And he's able to be like their prophet. Right. Which is where they get the 
the symbols from. Which maybe that's how you come with a guy dressed up as a bear. <laughs> Maybe because they let the kids, who were products of incest, write everything. So, well, I guess we could open the bear and put it. <laughs> that makes sense now. Oh my goodness! Uh, yeah, maybe it is a comedy. There was a lot of funny moments, I mean, and I think moments too that maybe you would think he didn't mean to be funny, but I don't think he would have done that. I think every moment was that was funny was meant to be funny. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, but then so he. Cheaty or Josh uh, turns around and sees who he thinks is Mark. He thinks Mark has just walked in, and then somebody walks in wearing Mark's face. Yeah, and that it's and is it the disabled person because they're making like noises? Yeah, I think it's him. Yeah, and then he knocks out Josh. Right, and that scene is so confusing because it took me a couple beats for me to realize, like, oh, he's wearing his face. I thought, like, why did Josh get? What happened to it? I thought just what happened to his face. What happened to Josh? Yeah. yeah. Why are his eyes like it looked like, it looked like his eyes were red, but then you realize right. that was the other guy's. Right. Eyelids. It's kind of a, a trick, but um, that was pretty shocking. So, so now we have the next morning, and it's just really the two of them. There's yeah. a total of four people missing in a matter of hours, <laughs> and they're just like, "Well, yeah. everybody's gone." Right. And then, I forget why they how they rationalized that. They said Mark was still off with the girl. Right. Oh, because the book of uh, ruins is missing. Right. And so yeah. they assume that I guess they think that Josh took it and ran off with it. I'm not really sure. Yeah, and, and Christian immediately throws Josh under the bus. Oh, too. right, because we had forgot to mention there was some rivalry between them about who gets to do the thesis on yeah. this place, and so they decide they're going to do it together. And then yeah, he immediately he must have always hated him. As, yeah. To, to react like that, but or maybe he thinks they'll, he'll be left here and I can get around my thesis. <laughs> maybe I don't know. it is funny that they'd be able to continue it all when four people are missing. Right. They're just running around screaming. And there's, but I mean, and they're still coming to like sit down and yeah, have eat dinner. weird food. Like yeah. imagine you go on a trip with like four people. Right. <laughs> they're missing. There half of them are gone. That, that, that's a failed trip. You don't continue. Oh my gosh! But yeah, so then another like subplot that's going on is Pele's sister with the red hair seems to have taken a liking to Christian and so she has at one point put a love rune under his bed and then she apparently puts her pubes in the food not her she didn't cut off her vagina and put it in there but she put her pubes in there oh that's when okay that's when they showed her running around with that little cake thing meat pie whatever it is yes so it was his special one right so he would eat her pubes. <laughs> In Sweden, huh? Well, oh, yeah. So then when it's just the two of them left, Danny goes off with the girls. She starts, she takes her mushrooms type hallucinogenic drink and starts her dancing yeah. on one end. And then Christian goes and talks to, I guess, one of the elder ladies. I, and I love that, how he had those two rooms that were, that had the pictures, you know? Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. I'm going to do my bathroom like that. <laughs> God. Um, yeah, so she's the one that tells him, that, okay, you know, we're glad you're here. And, right. you know, we're going to need you to mates with um, Hannah. What, what, what's her name? Maya. Maya, I think. Maya. Yeah, but then she, yeah, they're using the word mate. That's so odd. Was that, did I say that or did they say that? They said that. Okay. Um, and because at some point earlier, Pele says that she is now able to have sex. I guess that means oh. that she got her period, I guess is what he means. Yeah, that's kind of how I took it. Which means that she's very young. 
Well, she's not that young, though. Maybe it's not that she got her period. Maybe it's that a certain age that yeah. you're allowed. Maybe she, we'll say she was 18 and it was consensual perfectly, perfectly and perfectly essential. okay. Yeah. I mean, she looked like she was ready for it. Oh, God, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean. I know. <laughs> Um, not a lot of, anyway, so he's told he has to sleep with her. And, um, so that's on his mind and, you know, he walks out and what kind of, and at the same time watches, uh, Danny have her hallucinogenic trance as she dances. Yeah. So now, I mean, I know we've kind of sped through this and it's, it's a pretty long movie and I'm, I feel, I'm sure we've skipped a few things, but we may as well just get right to the, the climax as it is, which is where, you know, the sort of contrasted sequences with, the dance, the May, the May Queen dance, and then of course, um, well, now that well, I guess the scene where she's crowned May Queen and sort of paraded around the village. Well, what's it's a great scene when she finally she wins, and everybody gets up and is so happy, and her boyfriend is still just kind of sitting there, like looking around, just like playing with the grass, like not still not noticing her, um. A, that and then also when she walks in and he's doing another girl that kind of sealed his fate i I think i bet maybe like just the indifference hurts more than that than than the betrayal but either way yeah i didn't quite know how to take that scene uh but i thought it was something like that that you know she's just noticing him just ignoring her again and then so yeah so she gets taken off into a carriage type thing yeah and she does ask if christian can come and they're like, no. And, and Christian's having a very bad trip. He is not doing well. Yeah. Which, again, seems terrifying. Oh, and then also, oh, we can talk about all the imagery. Is why she, While she's on the drugs, um, it looks like the flowers are breathing. Yeah, very cool. Even the flowers she's wearing, like, on her crown. Yes. Did you notice that? Yes. The- and then uh, if things are... I don't know how he did that. They're, like, wobbly. <laughs> I mean, like- yeah, the grass is kind of... Yeah, I know what you mean. They're kind of moving in and out of shape. Yeah. Little- it's very cool. Yes. So what happens to him? <laughs> so she's going out to bless the crops. And then in the, at the, in the same time, they have, they've led Christian into a barn. And what do we have in there? What is Ari Aster's favorite thing? Uh, old female nudity. Yes. <laughs> or old nudity. Yes. Yeah. And there's the, the young well, there's Maya. A, there's a whole wide range of you know, nudities. I mean, they're, they're, they're women of different ages, but you, oh, yeah. you definitely notice the older women <laughs> since they're, you know, stark naked. Yeah. I love it. I can't wait to be in an Ari Aster movie when I'm like 60. <laughs> You'll be naked. Yes. That's fine. Um, so yeah. So he's, he, and I had heard that there was quote, a, a crazy sex scene in the movie. And I, oh, really I hadn't heard that. Yeah. And I didn't know what that, probably in that review I was talking about, but I, I didn't know what that meant, but uh, now I do. <laughs> I mean, there was a lot more. Than I thought they were going to show. There yeah, was a yeah. lot. But then there was that, I mean, another great scene whenever he is doing her. And I guess it's the mom or somebody comes down and just starts singing. And he's just like, what? Yeah. So that scene is, uh, you know, insane. I mean, there's a lot going on. There's kind of the always shocking thing of, you know, full frontal male nudity. You know, one of the main actors. Right, so right. Shocking. You have the 10 naked females. And, of course, you have Maya just, <laughs> just ready to go. You know? Right. <laughs> Um, very, but it's beautiful at the same time. Like not the actual sex scene, but the, just the way it's staged when, you know, he walks in and even the way she's kind of, you know, laid out in the center, you know, uh-huh. it's, just, it's very, uh, I'm imagining he must have probably painted that before or something like it. Oh, okay. It's, it's, uh, but that scene, um, 
I think that's going to be talked about for a while, don't you think? Yes. So, I mean, yeah, because it's pretty funny. I mean, it's, I guess it's, I mean, surely that scene's supposed to be funny, right? Yes. There's no I way. think an old lady, like, pushed on his butt. Yeah. And, but Which then, I've never seen before in a movie. Right. <laughs> I can't say that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So then, but then Danny gets back and she hears something going on. She goes to check it out. Oh, and then I guess that also shows all the power she has over these other girls now. You know, because she starts, yeah. she gets back and she starts wailing and they start wailing and... I don't know if they're trying to. I guess they're trying to take the pain. Is that what? The- uh, yeah, that's. I feel like yeah, it's like this sort of community, communal amongst the women, especially kind of experience. Right. They're all trying to share the same feeling, or I'm not really sure. But I, I was wondering, yeah, you because know, at that same time, you you have them taking my uh, uh, Danny away, and you know, sort of crowning her. Or do you think they're doing that? I mean, I know she won the game. Right. But the women were kind of running into each other. Some of them did on purpose. <laughs> I wonder, do they do that on purpose to keep her away from him so he can, you know... I don't know. At that point, I'm, the not, girl pregnant? I'm not sure if they really even care. Yeah, well, it seems like one of their main goals is to keep getting pregnant because they say, well, you don't want to keep inbreeding, so we have right, to bring so in outsiders. Bring outsiders. Okay, so then... So after Danny catches him, he finishes in the, a very odd way with an old lady pushing on his butt. Right. Yeah, I can't imagine how they possibly <laughs> shot that scene. I did read an interview with the actor already talking about that. That was all his choice, apparently. You know, to be... It was his idea to be completely naked. You know, he said that he was... He thought it'd be more equitable because usually it's the woman. And um, So that's kind of admirable. So, so yeah, he, um, you know, finishes and... <laughs> that's just... That's her, that's her term. <laughs> uh Maya, and uh, so she um, presumably at least thinks she's pregnant. I guess that's kind of all that matters as far as they're concerned. So they're kind of done with them. Um, and it seems that once she says that or suggests that she's pregnant, he kind of maybe almost snaps too a little bit. Right. <laughs> uh, and well, I, I got to remember, too, that he was on that whatever they gave him was yeah, a bad. They, they specifically gave him like a bad trip. So yeah, he he's was, super high. Yeah. Which also, and we'll talk about, I mean, how accountable is he really? I mean... There's this idea that, I mean, it's not even an idea, like, when she catches him, when Danny catches him, you know, that's kind of her final breaking point, like, it's this huge betrayal. Right. But he's been quite manipulated. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, just as much as she has. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, he's certainly culpable a little bit, but... But then, so he gets up and runs out naked. Again, we have that nice... Full frontal. Yeah, it's a pretty lengthy scene of him running around. And again, that's all of his idea, so it's okay well, yeah, for him. But also, I mean, you really did feel that. Like, can you imagine, like, being out in the middle of the bright sunshine, running around naked, high? Yeah. It's very scary. I mean, he did, I did read also, he said he, like, worked out insanely every day. Oh, so, really? I, I mean, this could have been a big vanity thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like just, Patrick Bateman. Right. Maybe he's just a big, like, exhibitionist or something. Oh, uh, then so he runs into a barn to hide. Right, right. So he finds this is kind of like a, the end of one of the Friday Thirteenth movies where all the bodies start dropping out. Right, right, right. This is that sequence. And then he, that's where he finds. Well, first I guess he sees the leg sticking out. Uh, but then he runs into the barn, and that's where he finds one of the bodies who is Simon. Yeah. Yes, who was flayed. Which we talked about how that obviously was the first thing I thought about was Hannibal. There's yeah, a whole episode with the. The flayed angels, which is apparently, I didn't realize this, it's actually an old form of ritual from uh, the Nordic times. Oh, explain. From like the Norse culture. It was like, I mean, like way back, like three digit times. 
that was one of the ways that they would kill people. They called it um, a blood angel. And they would, yeah. So what what they do is they rip the back, and so when they do that and they pull it up, their lungs come out, so they don't actually die. Why would they do that? (laughs) Um, Because it was like torture, and they they liked that back then. I don't know, (laughs) but so that's kind of what you kind of presume that possibly happened to Simon is that he they did it to him alive. So I guess they rip it up, and so his lungs are exposed, but you still live until you, I guess, die. Yeah. So that's pretty awful. That's what happened in that one episode of Hannibal, which was uh, on NBC. Right. That was on TV, regular TV. You could have been flipping through the channels. Well, there's that funny story about how they, if I remember my DVD commentary correctly, they... NBC edited like the people's like naked butts or something. Oh, but, but not the bloody part. Yeah, yeah. not the <laughs> yeah. extinguished muscle tissue. And, <laughs> uh, that was okay. So yeah, yeah. violence good, sex bad. Um, well, that's interesting because I didn't really get a vibe that they would be into necessarily torturing people, but maybe so. Maybe. What they br- they burned somebody alive inside of a bear costume? Yeah, but they did that as a ritual sacrifice, not to torture them. I guess it was incidental that he was tortured. I don't uh, know. It seems pretty. You think they're more nefarious than just... I mean, they're high all the time. So. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, they also put um, flower petals in his eyes. I guess they removed his eyes and put flower petals there. I oh, I don't know. I was thinking, like, what if they just, like, hammered him in? Oh, gosh. I know. Yeah. But then he also has other flowers around him, I think. And then there's chickens roosting on him. Yeah. That's a, not a very nice well, the, way to go. <laughs> no, but, but they're very practical. I mean, they... <laughs> they used all the words. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of recycling, yeah. Such hippies. Oh, and then he turns around and he gets the the dust blown on his face, yeah. which is some sort of paralytic. Yeah, it's thing. like something from a a cartoon. <laughs> yeah, or like a fairy tale almost, like blowing. I don't know, like like magic uh, pixie dust or something. Yeah. Whatever it does, it completely paralyzes him. And he do they say he can't feel anything? Maybe they just say he can't speak and can't move. He can't speak and can't move. So it's un- unclear whether he can feel himself burning alive. Right. Yeah. Up until that point, that's where the main you know climax of the movie. Um, certainly, an absolutely. I know people use the word Gonzo and Bonkers a lot <laughs> online nowadays, but I mean, my God, I mean, can we agree that's the well, most? Well, it kind of seemed like the like the last ten minutes of Hereditary, but this was like the last forty five minutes. Right. Right. Uh, this was kind of his blank check hereditary was yeah but he followed it up with something that definitely he didn't drop the ball or anything no i mean it was just amazing something that you kind of want to see again right away because you're like i missed a lot and that went by fast and yeah that is is like quite a long movie but i I didn't feel like it i mean it's it's certainly paced slowly i mean and even you know kind of like hereditary you have some similar very long kind of graceful camera moves you're like enough (laughs) yeah Uh, but it doesn't it didn't feel like a particularly long movie when I watched it. Well, okay, so I guess we'll finish talking about it at the end, and then I kind of let's talk about like the similarities to Hereditary, sure, yeah. and then like some of our questions that we have. Yeah, I have no questions about this movie. It's pretty much <laughs> pretty straightforward. Yeah. <laughs> this is just like Crimson Peak. Yeah, <laughs> no big deal. Well, we even had some questions about the Crimson Peak. That I know. That's Why didn't you see the ghost? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Guillermo, we still love it. Please come yeah. on the podcast. I added him. He didn't. He didn't like. He didn't reply. Oh, strangely enough. Strange. Um, so everything is culminating into this last big ceremony. I hope so. I hope there's nothing after. Right? <laughs> well, we got next, guys. <laughs> so we have said like so. This was every ninety years. They said 
But just the murders, I guess? Yeah. The, or the, I'm sorry, the sacrifices. We were kind of talking about that earlier. We don't... It's un, You know, yeah, I suppose the big deal where you have the nine sacrifices... Maybe that's what happens every, every 90, 90 years. years. But then, then every year, they just have the they regular still maybe, party. Yeah, they still maybe kill some people. Because they have to get outsiders in, so they have to do that somehow. And this idea of, you know, old, the old people must be killing themselves somehow. So I think all that maybe still kind of happens. Because right. they seem fairly used to it. But, but all the other outsiders just get to come and, like, party, and then uh, they maybe go home. So. Yeah, maybe they don't get... But then they just happen to come... Buried and um, burned. Yeah. <laughs> Bared. <laughs> get the bear suit. <laughs> So, yeah, so uh, it, it does culminate in the, the yellow building that they've been told to keep out of the whole time, which kind of shaped kind of like a pyramid. Yeah. It kind of occurs to me that it's the same yellow and almost similarly looks like the treehouse in Renatory. Yeah. Or were you waiting for me to get there? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but so, but first we have like the, so she's been the May Queen mm-hmm. and she's wearing. We didn't congratulate her, by the way, but she did an excellent job of that dance. She really did. I was very proud. I was, again, I, I may have said this earlier, but it does seem like maybe that was set up. Like all the girls like running yeah, into was, each other. I was thinking about that. Like, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes they ran into each other pretty hard. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was kind of scary. But yeah, I guess they probably all tried to steer clear of her. Yeah. Um, because that does bring not only an outsider in that they can get pregnant. Yeah. But then also it, Pele wanted her to stay. So. Yeah. And it physically allowed them to separate the two. Right. A- so they're on a stage and Danny is covered in flowers. That looks like they're all from Michael's, <laughs> which like I, I told you on the way home, I'm going to Michael's every weekend with a coupon until Halloween <laughs> to get those flowers. I'm going to make that crazy dress. Yeah, so, but for no coupon, that's not happening. <laughs> no, no coupon. <laughs> the flowers either have to be 60% yeah. off or I have to use a coupon. Right. And then I'm going to make that that insane dress yeah. and walk around like that. She, like, she walks around like she's in like a, I don't know, like she's trapped almost in it, but... Anyway, but so then they, the, one of the elders who's, who's got to be getting close to 72. It makes me sad. Like a lot of these people are going to be. Oh yeah. So they're, he's just kind of watching things and <laughs> next year. You know. And so then they do like a lottery type thing, mm. like Shirley Jackson. Yeah. They have a nice little bingo set up. Yeah. It's kind of funny that someone actually took the time to build that instead of just, you know, they could just have a hat. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're right. Like it, that was only for maybe for the rest of the years. Or once every ninety years. <laughs> but maybe maybe for the other years they actually do just play bingo with it. <laughs> <laughs> right. They explain things pretty nice for us. There's still a lot of unanswered questions, but they explain more than I think he needs to, which yeah, I appreciate. They at least explain what's happening in the scene. Yes, on a surface so he, level. But he explains that they they have to have their nine sacrifices, and they go through everybody. Yeah. And so. Yeah, it is funny that, you know, most of the sacrifices are already dead. Like, yeah. they, and they act like they've volunteered themselves somehow and they've already, they, they just killed them. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, well, these seven are already taken care of. <laughs> Thank you, guys. <laughs> well, so we have the two people that jumped off the cliff, I suppose, but they're just representative, just like effigies. Right. Yeah. I think we landed. It's not really their bodies. It's some it sort can't of... be because they have no faces anywhere. Right. So they must have somehow taken a mold and. and made this thing which yeah. also is very Hannibal there is an episode of a tree man and that oh, reminds yeah. me of that too um, but, but I'm sure Brian Fuller maybe kind of took the same influences as Ari Aster did maybe from these different cultures sure, or these different yeah. ceremonies or so those th- so we have those two then we have uh, apparently there's two members who volunteered 
That's nice of them. One of them is Pele's brother. Right. Which is kind of sad. And one of them is just sort of one of the kind of town leaders. They congratulate Pele. And Pele is wearing like a, a fancy hat made out of like leaves and stuff because he brought the most people to murder uh, because he brought the biggest group. And out of them, they got two. Yeah. And then his brother brought the other two. So it's interesting that he also sacrificed himself because you would think that he, that kind of saves him. But so, so then they have the four people they've already murdered. Right. Violently. One has been skinned alive. One has been clobbered in the head. One was probably flayed. With his lungs cut oh out. God, we yeah. don't know what happens to Connie, but not it's not. She looks terrible are, when they find her in the wheelbarrow. Right, yes. <laughs> so these are all like, even though they're trying to say like, this is, thank you so much. Yeah. Why do they murder them like they're yeah. in a Friday the 13th movie? Do you think Pele gets like extra points for next year? Like it just, like, <laughs> like, yes. like member points? Yes. <laughs> and just carry forward. So then we're told that because Danny is the May Queen, she gets to decide who the ninth victim will be. And so right. she can either roll the, the lottery thing yeah. or she can just choose Christian. Somehow they make him look like so small in that wheelchair, you know, mm-hmm. like he looks like, like an old shriveled man. He just looks so vulnerable. When you think about it like that, it is, it's kind of sad. I mean, he was just a bad boyfriend. Yeah. I don't <laughs> think he deserves all that. No, it's, it's just, pretty... but it's also interesting. It's like, that was his main crime was just being like a shitty boyfriend, not even like a evil person. He was just. He just should have broken up with her and everything would have been okay. Yeah. But he couldn't. And then, so this is what happens. Yeah. And there's also, you know, maybe he doesn't really, like, I think she would understand that probably the only reason he's even with her is because her family did die. So it's like a really bad time for her to break up with her. Yeah. And she probably understands that and even resents that a little bit, you know, don't you think? And so a lot of it is like, you know, not paying attention to her. I mean, not being a good boyfriend generally, although... I guess most of the evidence of that is just, I mean, it's not like he's actually mean to her. No, he's just... But I guess being neglected is just as bad. Yeah. And then, but also maybe not really acknowledging kind of her grief and not letting her sort of grieve in the way she needs to. I feel like we talked about this on the podcast before, you know, the six feet under example. Have we talked about that? You know, like... Oh, yes, yes, yes. That's funny. Why does that keep coming up? But, you know, so there's that scene where Nate goes to Italy and sees the women that are just absolutely wailing because they've lost their child or some relative and... And he says, like, you know, and then he's comparing that to how Americans grieve and it's very sort of proper and kind of buttoned up. And, and he, was, he was wondering, like, which was healthier. And it seems like maybe she, uh, you know, Danny may argue that I need to be able to just grieve as loudly and as selfishly as I need to. And Oh, and then so when she gets there and she does that whole, because after she sees him, she breaks down and has big sobs, which I'm sure also is a lot of the other things that are going on, I'm sure, or her thinking about her family again, and she just sobs with the girls. Yeah, and she needs that. She needs yeah. some. The, she needs those people around her. Yeah, uh, feeling her pain because he didn't feel any of her pain. Right. Yeah. It was just sort of a annoyance. Yeah. You know, to or to him and his group. You know, just yeah. something they have to deal with. Where maybe, so that that just shows is another reason why she would definitely choose this family. Yeah, and she has no one else. I just realized yeah. that. Like, there's just him. Her whole family is dead. Yeah, So yeah. there's who else is she supposed to go to? I guess a therapist or something. But So now she does have this new family, and they fully, uh, you know, kind of share in her catharsis or whatever yeah. you want to call it. So that must feel pretty good for her. <laughs> also, she's had a complete mental <laughs> breaking, breaking point at that point. But I, I'm unclear on how she actually chooses him versus the, the other villager. Yeah, they don't show it. They don't show it? So they just cut to 
They look. They cut to them cutting the bear open. Okay. Poor bear. Bear didn't get count in a sacrifice. Yeah. But so they cut the bear open. The children are all helping. Very nice. Same as I. Same way I get my kids in the kitchen to help me. <laughs> and they cut the insides out. And little uh, Christian is sitting in the corner. And all I can do is watch. He doesn't know what's happening. Well, who could guess? I mean, <laughs> I know. And then they cut to the bear's face around his mouth around Christian's face yeah. and then they pan I did, out I did think of that John Mulaney joke at that point where you know like you know John Mulaney is at the doctor's office and he has to get a prostate exam uh-huh. and he's like this might as well happen <laughs> <laughs> that's what I thought he was quite thinking yeah, probably <laughs> he's had a bad day I mean <laughs> yeah this might as well happen <laughs> and so they put him in and then we kind of see all the other bodies they're kind of bringing them well, so then we see Mark well I guess his head it's it's mentioned yeah, it looks it, like a scarecrow yeah it looks stuffed. like it's not a scarecrow but i mean it's definitely very light like uh, yeah they just kind of toss it over there yeah, where's the rest of his body i don't know but i felt like he even saw some straw so Ugh. maybe the the um the sort of oracle as we'll call him i think they actually did call him the oracle you know he stopped playing with his face and maybe put it on like a, a scarecrow oh and yeah yeah who knows what they did to the body i guess they buried it maybe right and then uh he was wearing like a court gesture hat uh, yeah i think so which which I didn't think of, but when earlier in the movie, the kids are playing a game called Skin the Fool. Because uh, I think Simon's kind of like, oh, that's a cute game for kids. And then they, no, they mean yeah. that literally. We're going to. Yeah. There's also, um, occurring me, at the last big dinner scene before just everything goes completely crazy, <laughs> they're, you know, they're doing drugs. There is that weird, like, uh, dish in the middle that's some oh. sort of. Some sort of meat. Yeah. And it keeps changing shape because they're all just tripping. Right. <laughs> and this sometimes even looks like like a, the way that he shoots it sometimes looks like a female body, you know, just the shape of it. I mean, uh, I, it was really distracting me because I was trying to figure out what oh, it was yeah. going with. Maybe that was him. Yeah, it could have definitely been one of them. Yeah, they're maybe they're just eating people now. Yeah. Uh, um, because we can account for the other bodies. Yeah, really, you're right. Uh, pretty morbid. So then we see Josh. Yeah, Josh. Who's sitting up, and he looks like he has something stuffed down his throat. It looks, I mean, it looked like magazines rolled up, and st- I'm sure they don't have, they don't get magazines out there. I guess not. I'm not sure what else it would be. Yeah, you're thinking of Alien, I guess. Yes. <laughs> um, I, yeah, uh, I couldn't tell. There's definitely something going on with his mouth. It's yeah. the best I could tell. But... It, it could be a, a tree yeah. stump. I don't know what it was. We'll have to, I yeah. we can't wait till we get the, the 4K and we can really zoom in there. Yeah. Or people have, I'm sure people will post about it at some point. Yeah. But, uh, and then the body, then they put um, Simon's body in there. We've already seen that, though. He's got the flowers in his eyes. Right. They put his wings back, I guess. The girl, Connie, it must be, we were trying to figure out, must be the one that wheel in in the, in the wheelbarrow. So. But yeah. she doesn't look like, doesn't look like anything. I think she's supposed to be so, maybe they kind of buried her well, and they, they dug her up. Or, she looks like she's been dead for just forever. But, I know. But that's clearly her. I it's mean, gotta be. And she has she's covered with Polaroids for yeah, some or reason. Some, yeah, some kind of pictures. Yeah. So I have no real theory on it. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Maybe I don't know. Yeah. So we'll have to get help from from Reddit yeah. later and figure all this out. Because then the beast is the bear with Christian inside. Yeah, and they actually sort of take planes to explain that a little bit. Like you know, the beast must be. You know, that's the sort of metaphor he serves for purposes of their sacrifice. Like, each person that they're killing or burning apparently represents some aspects of the earth or what they worship or oh, just right. their belief system, I suppose. Okay. I think it's kind of like in Game of Thrones, so you have, like, the seven gods, you know? Yeah. Like, the mother, the 
father. I don't know. <laughs> the, you know, the crone, you know, that's kind of what I was thinking of. So some pagan idea like that. So maybe it's like, you know, the thinker or the, the fool. Oh, right, uh, right. That type of thing. And maybe the um, guy with the flowers in his eyes is like the romantic or something. Mm. You know, not literally, but just kind right. of like they represent. So the, but the, Pol- the Polaroid lady, <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> I don't know what that would represent. <laughs> Are they even Polaroids? Maybe they're, maybe I just, but what, I guess we both thought they were photos. I thought they were kind. photos, but. Yeah, don't know. And then we have the two sacrifices. Yeah. And, and then, they seem to be just kind of come as they are. I mean. Well, they give them something that's supposed to, I guess, kill them. They give them poison or something, but that doesn't work. Yeah. Well, I think they something. said it was to numb their pain. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> they, said they, they give them like a little sparkler or something. <laughs> <laughs> but then my point the is two... that they're there, but they don't seem to represent any particular. No, I guess they're just, I guess they Represents maybe the sacrifice, like a volunteer or, or a sacrifice from the community, yeah. or they're providing it. I don't know. I mean, but they also have to pay closer attention it's pretty to disturbing what, how they're dressed. Or... When they're just sitting there, like happy, and then the one guy catches fire, and then he just starts screaming. Yeah. So maybe the uh, the poison didn't work for him. Clearly yeah. Maybe not. he just realized, oh shit, I'm getting burned alive. Yeah. But then also, like they didn't show Christian screaming or anything, so I wonder if he was just. Yeah. Well, they they said that he's not going to be able to to move or talk. Yeah, but he would. Oh, oh, right. So, oh, God, he could have been screaming on the inside. Yes. Yeah. Yikes. I feel like you would, because screaming, well, I don't know. I don't know how that would work. I feel like screaming is a different exercise than, you know, talking. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you think you can still make noise. Yeah. I don't know. And then, so, yes, they all watch the, the bright yellow pyramid type yeah. treehouse burn. And then, the, so the last scene is Danny's face. Yeah, so Danny is watching it. She's, you know, dressed in her full make making glory. <laughs> And uh, I guess it's supposed to be a little ambiguous about what she's feeling. But at the end of the movie, the very end, I think the last shot, right, is her smiling, yeah. maybe. So yeah. she seems uh, pretty thrilled with how things are going. I think that it's more like she feels relief. Like she, that's all gone. Like all that whole life is gone. She doesn't yeah. have to worry about it anymore. Now she has a new life. But I don't think like, she's like happy that they're dead. I think she's right, just right. Re- feeling relief for herself. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, yeah, I definitely acknowledge she's clearly gone, you know, somewhat insane. And that, but whatever she's thinking, either way, she definitely feels like she probably found her family. Yes. And she feels like she belongs. Right. Uh, because even as the, I guess we didn't really say, as, as a house burns or whatever you call it. Yeah. You know, the, the other villagers are just going nuts. I mean, they're running oh, around right. dancing. Oh, right. They're like feeling the pain, too, yeah. though. They're screaming. Yeah. Which they've done before. Yeah. I guess that's something, maybe part of their community. It's kind of like this Greek, you know, kind of Bacchanal type thing, where uh, they feel like they're just... Well, have you have you heard of the Dancing Plague of 1518? No. This is what I thought of whenever they were doing the um, the original Mayflower thing. And they, they say, like, you guys are going to dance until you die. But they weren't, like, serious in this case. I was worried that they were because there was... This, this thing did really happen in 1518 in, um, like, the Holy Roman Empire in a city called Strasbourg. There was a woman uh, who, she came out of her house, her name was Frau Trophé, and she started dancing, like twirling and twisting. And she kept dancing for like six days until she like passed out. And then she started again, and like three dozen other people joined her. Oh goodness. And then by August, it was a dancing epidemic. And there was like 400 people out there dancing in the streets, all because of some sort of shared God. mania. 
and like the, even like the city. This is like something that you see. Seems like it would be fiction, but it's been but it was recorded in, in history. It's happened before in other places, and it's so like the town brought in like um, a stage with like music and stuff, thinking that they could stop it. Oh, I guess they they were like, all right, great, it's a party. All right, it's over now. But people kept dancing. <laughs> I wonder what accounts for that. And there was yeah, I know there was, there was like four hundred people, and they. Danced and danced until 15 people ended up dying from exhaustion. So some of them had strokes and heart attacks. And so finally it ended, but they don't know why. They say, so there's some reasons they think that maybe it was, um, it was, it, it, it was uh, 16th century in Europe. It was, it was tough, tough living. So they think part of it maybe, maybe had been stress. And so she, I, I don't know why that would cause this kind of mania, but. It's very interesting. They also think it might have been part of like a religious cult type thing. Because you could see that. Because of the Manson family out there doing that. Or what's interesting, they mentioned, I don't know if you remember in our witch episode, we had talked about the ergot uh, mold that had been growing. And then so that was causing like hallucinations. So that could have been part of it. And maybe, maybe not all of them were dosed with it, but maybe some of them were, which is what happened in... Midsummer too. They were they all got high. Yeah, it's probably a lot easier to dance for seven hours when you're tripping, and then it just ended. I've never heard that. So that's what um, what I thought about. So I was worried that they were that was going to be like the end. Like they were all going to felt much better when just. (laughs) I felt better when they just burned everybody alive. (laughs) Okay, so what are our thoughts? Well. I mean, generally, I definitely need to see it again or want to see it again. You know, yeah. I, I really, uh, I mean, it's hard to say that. I mean, I really liked it. I don't know if I loved it. I probably loved it. But it's just <laughs> one of those movies, like, where you just know you're not really taking everything in. Yeah, there's a lot going uh, on. But, I mean, I I was definitely, like, 100% engaged the entire time. Like, I was never bored. And, and it's completely, you know, immersive. It is kind of one of those movies where you kind of... You feel like you've just been dropped in another location for two hours, and you oh, kind of yeah. come out of it, and you're like, oh, you know, here's the parking lot. <laughs> and, yeah. and it was just so bright. Mm-hmm. I loved it, I think. I don't know where I would rank it I by Hereditary, but then again, it took me three four times to watch Hereditary before I, you know, even then fully appreciate it. I mean, I, l- I really liked it the first time, but I think this is going to be a similar experience. Yeah, I think it'd be hard to top Hereditary in our heads, but we'll see. But so what's similar to Hereditary? Of course, we have the... The focus on this particular house, like the tree house, where everything kind of culminates. Yeah, yeah, which I um, just realized. Um, there's obviously the sort of interest in the kind of pagan rituals. Right, and the symbols. Kind of that there's the kind of grief uh, underpinnings metaphor. Yeah, yeah. The, the yeah. real, like, raw grief is in both of them. Yeah, I mean, they're both, in a way, about grief, just in, I suppose, different ways. Oh, there is no supernatural in this not really i didn't think about that yeah i mean there could be forces behind their gods or wherever they're sacrificing but we don't see it it's it's, it's just all in their heads it could be it could be unless you accept what they see when they're high like on face value but oh right yeah but they yeah pretty sure that's just because they're high (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah nothing supernatural uh i mean in her head terry i mean she is crawling across the ceiling so you just have to kind of accept that well yeah i mean there's definitely forces at work there there's 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 witchcraft and it's working and we see it and this it's more up to us to decide yeah this one i mean it is interesting like we said the you know boyfriend's name is christian so i mean what is that about because you know 
in, in the end, she is sort of choosing this sort of pagan lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and she's sacrificing Christian. Yeah. So maybe that's just sort of this idea of this, you know, she's kind of leaving her traditional values behind her. Not that she's explicitly a Christian or something, but, that, you know, kind of something that most people would at least acknowledge as, you know, recognizing or identifying with. Yeah. Western, I suppose. And that she's just leaving all that for this new kind of lifestyle, this pagan lifestyle. I know. I think that's probably just maybe more surface level than I'm thinking. But I do wonder, uh, kind of a question I have is, you know, I've read that Ari Oster started writing this after like a bad breakup. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, so... He may, he could be a really angry, intense dude. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe this is what he wants to happen to his ex. Or, right. Um, but it, it does seem like a lot of it really is just about kind of a, like you said, a bad boyfriend, a bad breakup. I mean, I, I guess the breakup just is at the end. Yeah, that's, uh, a, that's one way to break up with somebody. <laughs> get the bear costume. That's one way to get closure. Yeah. Um, that's kind of funny when you think about that way and everything else is just sort of extra. Yeah. So that's, you know. Not seen a movie like that before. <laughs> no. There's a lot of things in this that you can definitely say you've never seen in another movie. So that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. I also liked at the end when Maya, she was in red and she had red lipstick on, I guess showing that she was no longer a virgin. Mm, yeah. Um, that she's possibly pregnant. They put they might have should have maybe kept him around a little longer for a couple more tries to make sure she's yeah, pregnant. They, they seem pretty convinced. Yeah. Maybe that's kind of where some of the sort of magic or mysticism comes in. Like, they did all the rites, and you know, they stood around naked. Right. Yeah, you know, they chanted. Yeah, They yeah. pushed on them. Surely it worked. Right. <laughs> that's probably what they're thinking. Um, I think we kind of just accept that she's pregnant. Right. Yeah, I, I guess I have a lot of questions, but um, mostly is just what is this movie necessarily... I'm curious what his actual, uh, the director's kind of motivations are when writing that story. Yeah, or maybe he's trying to figure out how to, how would you combine, like, your modern first world problems oh, yeah. into, like, some sort of a completely different place. And so you're dealing with a bad boyfriend. Poor you. Yeah, or your thesis statement. Yeah, and your thesis statement yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Does that really matter when when you're thrust into a pagan ritual? No. Yeah. But that's actually a good point. They, they, they're confronted with all this obvious, like, nefarious evil doing all around them right. but, <laughs> and, just... and they spend most of the time arguing about their theses and yeah thesis or it's my birthday my right. birthday oh, the yeah. same thing and... <laughs> that's kind of funny yeah i think there's a lot more to this movie i can't wait to watch it again yeah how um scary do you think it is it's not really a traditional horror movie in that sense uh, i think it's more suspenseful especially when they're on the drugs that yeah. can that can be pretty freaky that kind of just uh makes me nervous I guess I'm trying to think if someone asked me, like, well, you know, I saw Midsummer and, and they asked, is it scary? I'm not sure what I would say. I think it's more disturbing. Yeah. I, I guess I tell them it's more just, you know, there's going to be. It's certainly a horror. You're going to see heads smashed. Yeah. But not necessarily a, something pop out and scare you. No. Yeah. That's probably fair. I mean, it's horrific, if not necessarily scary. I guess it's kind of reminds me, well, for a few reasons, but, you know, Silence of the Lambs, uh, it has more like a. Yeah. Slow pacing, and then there's horrific things that you see, which actually Slides on the Lambs has the guys flayed with the wings. Oh, yeah. That's and true, yeah. he cuts off someone's face and wears it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. that's well, definitely. Well, yeah. You have, but the Silence of the Lambs, you also have the end scene in the basement with all the lights off. And I mean, that scene is still terrifying. Yes, um, it, it, it's terrifying, but it's kind of like the same sort of suspense. It's not necessarily a hand coming out and grabbing you or something. It's the scariest part about that is the suspense of what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, so it's a little similar, but Size of Lambs is much scarier. Yeah. 
has more conventional scares, even as unconventional as that movie is, yeah. than this movie, which uh, I would argue, you know, is it's a horror movie, but not necessarily like your typical scary movie. Yeah, I was reading the movies he cites his influences, and none of it's like one of them, none of them were movies I'd necessarily heard of. Uh, oh yeah, they weren't, weren't even necessarily horror movies. Like I was about to think of the Wicker Man, but no. All right, so that is Midsummer. Right. Um, maybe we'll have more thoughts uh, as we do our future episodes. We can have Midsummer updates maybe, <laughs> as we think of things. Right. Uh, and of course, if you um, people have seen it, I hope you've seen it. And you have thoughts of your own or theories or fun articles to direct us to. Then go on Facebook and go to Sometimes Groups Are Better and come and join our group and come and talk to us. Yes. Well, me. Yeah. Chris will get on there soon. We'll right. give him an alias and have yeah. him come on. And uh, I already asked her if you have uh, things you want to discuss with us. <laughs> you know, we, we, uh, you're welcome to our show. Yep. I wonder if we could do a conference call. Oh, that would be so much fun. Yeah. We'd, uh, we'd, I would just be giggling the whole time. I'd be so, I'd be so nervous. Um, and then follow us on Twitter at sometimes dead four and Instagram sometimes dead podcast and or you can email us at sometimes dead podcast at gmail com. Okay, and then I also want to do a shout out to Henry again on our Facebook page. He mentioned a movie which I had not heard of called Let's Scare Jessica to Death. Oh, that that's one of the movies mentioned in the Midsummer review. That he that he used as a inspiration? No, it's um well maybe, but the little article just reading about the movie mentioned it just as a possible I guess yeah, as a possible inspiration, but Ari Aster didn't mention it. Oh, interesting. And so he he posted a clip of it on the Facebook page and it looks terrifying. It's from like the seventies. Yes, yeah. I think it's another one of those like raw seventies. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> And that, just the title of that, isn't that terrifying? So I think I want to f- try and find that too. And then, so if you join our Facebook, you can tell us about your favorite scary movies or the first thing that scared you. We'll all have a good time. Good. And also rate and review, please. Yes, rate and review on iTunes. Yes. We want to get, we want more feedback too. So that way, whether it's good or bad, so that way we can make it even better. Right? Yes, absolutely. And if you have a really bad review too... You know, we'll I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep that to yourself. <laughs> All right. Well, then we'll see you guys next time. All right. Good night. Bye.